You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. I am currently in the delightful space that is occupied by Pantera Press. I'd like to introduce to you Alison Green, who is the dynamo behind this organisation. Welcome, Alison. Thank you so much for having me. So, Alison, we've spoken to you before, but I'd like you to outline for our emerging writers and our, our um, audience who love Aussie writers exactly how your publishing house began. Wasn't that long ago? No, so it was 2008 uh, that we started and our first books came out in 2010, but it had been an idea that was with us for quite some time. And when you say us, who was us? So us was myself and my father, uh, John M. Green, who is actually now uh, one of our also best-selling uh, fiction authors, uh, which is quite nice. So, wow. Yeah, he's, he, we, he's sort of come at it from both angles. I myself am not talented in any way, shape or form in the writing space. I'm just an avid reader and a lover of authors. But like you said, um, you love Aussie authors uh, and so do we. And that was the complete sort of genesis of the foundation of the company in that we felt at the time, and it was an interesting time in book publishing uh, because we were in the middle of the, or the beginning of the global financial crisis. Uh, a lot of people were uh, very risk adverse and what that meant for larger companies was that they were focusing on their international authors, their best-selling authors and their established authors, um, which meant that it was very hard for new Australian authors to get a look in. On top of that, uh, literary agents in Australia were also becoming quite risk averse. So they were, they too were focusing on their established authors, their best-selling authors, um, and selling their authors internationally. Mm. So we were in this and that landscape point. hasn't mm. improved today. They're very risk averse today. Well, too. I think there are lots of interesting new sort of innovative initiatives happening. So you're mm. now at least seeing publishers with different pitch programs, so that they're you know it, it, they are more accessible to authors than they were previously. So there are bits and pieces happening. Um, but as far as I'm aware, we are the only publisher in Australia that is focused solely on finding new Australian writing talent, nurturing it, building it. We love it. So how did you start it? So Mm -hmm. the idea was bubbling away. Yes. And then how did it come to fruition? Well, we spoke to everyone we could get our hands on in the industry. Uh, My background is in business strategy, not in book publishing. Um, And I think that worked for us and probably against us. And and your dad's background? His background is in business, but he's also an author, uh, as I mentioned before. Um, So, you know, how some of these conversations started was because he was having conversations with other authors. um, And, you know, some of them were talking about their journey and how difficult it was to be seen and it wasn't that their manuscripts or their stories or their ideas were terrible or fantastic it was that there was literally no one who could actually look at their work in Australia so a lot of them were going overseas uh, which you know we thought was an incredible shame Um, so together we you know had sort of been brainstorming this idea for a while we spoke to everyone we could get our hands on in Australia and internationally so that was you know other publishers distributors printers designers authors um, literary agents. And you got more and more excited. Well, we did, but everyone we spoke to said, what a wonderful idea. This sounds lovely. You're insane. Don't do it. 
Right. So I think we uh, we still loved the idea. Um, and for us, it wasn't just about the business part of it. Um, you mm. know, I think investing in Australian writing culture mm. for us was the, the the key overall part. Look, what you're saying mm. really resonates with me because some. Um, I actually wrote a book last year. Ooh, I'm writing a fabulous. book. I'm writing a series called Australian Business Success Stories. Oh, wonderful. And I interviewed 60 people and brought out the Canberra version last year. And out of those, you know, very successful people from the uh, the uh, airport, the owner of Canberra Airport, Terry oh, Snow, nice. down to the small barista. And not one of them went into business for money. Ooh, none of them. So passion-driven, it's a perfect background. Yeah, okay. I so, here. so you took that uh, mm-hmm. you took that dive, mm-hmm. and then, well, I think you know a bigger part of our model was, like I said, that we wanted to be investing in Australian writing culture. Um, so we sort of had to develop our entire model because what we actually wanted to do was at the time what we called our good books doing good things. So the idea of of our entire company was that we wanted to be directly investing in the next generation of readers and writers in Australia. So through the core part of the Pantera Press business, we wanted to find new Australian writing talent um, that the next generation, talented voices that, you know, wrote wonderful gripping stories that had international appeal um, that could be that next, you know, Tim Winton, um, the next Kate Glenville, um, you know, the next Matt, Matt Riley, um, you know, whoever it might be. Yes. Uh, so that was the They core... all started somewhere. Well, exactly. They, they did. Yeah. And so that was the core philosophy of the business, which is obviously all about investing in that next generation of authors. Mm. But on top of that, we wanted to be investing in the next generation of readers and writers. So as part of that good books doing good things, um, we wanted to be able to use a percentage of our revenue to invest in programs and projects around literacy and helping to close the literacy gap and encouraging a joy of reading as well. Yes, I just noticed on Facebook or Twitter Mm. that you donated some thousand books or 11,000 books over Christmas. That is so wonderful. It's so so wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So, um, so you started. Yes. <laughs> it was just you and your dad to start with. It was. No one else. Yes. And so what was your first big coup? Oh, I, you know, I think that uh, it was actually really surprising for us because we had, especially both of us having business backgrounds, had, you know, a very uh, thought out sort of like three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan, 100-year <laughs> plan. The business planning plan. side was exactly. fabulous. Exactly. So we, we had all of that sort of knocked out. And had thought, you know, at what point will we start making money? At what point will we start having successes? Um, But it was, you know, wonderful because incredibly early on. So two of the first maybe four books that we published, uh, one of them was a bestseller on its first day or second day and went into reprint on its first or second day. So That's one was one, one was the other. Wonderful. Tell us yes. what the name of that book was. So that People was must called... rush out and buy it. Yes. <laughs> well, that one was called Betrayal and it was by Simon Benson, who at the time was the chief political journalist of the Daily Telegraph. Um, so it was a bit of a political expose. Um, it was all about sort of, you know, big betrayals uh, of key personalities that right. are the leaders of our country at the time. Can you explain to mm-hmm. our readers what, uh, what you define as a bestseller? Well, technically, it needs to actually physically make a bestseller list. 
um, for us to be able to write it on the cover of a book, yes. um, we would need to sort of be able to say it made that in this case it was the number one on the Daily Telegraph uh, bestselling right. list for um, sort of a long period of time and various other lists, uh, including bookstore lists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but well, I think it's five thousand copies, isn't it? In Australia, I would say it's probably it's probably closer to ten thousand. Um, right. So it's the weirdest thing because you'll get um, the book scan data, which is sort of the number of sales. Uh, it's the, the book scan data is the number of sales um, each week for all titles in Australia and it's hilarious because if you look at the top 10 best-selling titles number one might be you know a million or several hundred thousand copies number two might be you know 50,000 copies number three is probably jumped down to like 15,000 copies <laughs> yes. number four might be at 10 um, you yes. know number five could be at nine or something yes. so uh, when people talk about bestsellers in australia because we do have a much smaller market as well of course. Um, yeah. i would say you really are probably looking at that probably ten thousand plus uh, uh-huh. books is around that number so that early success obviously was something that spurred you on no yes. end <laughs> yeah yes it, it was so. a fantastic opportunity i think it gave us a lot more credibility because what we were lacking at that point was a track record um, you know, we had this wonderful idea and lots of authors were excited, but we didn't have any award-winning or best-selling authors to showcase because we hadn't, what we didn't have at the time was a track record. Uh, yes. So we didn't have uh, any best-selling or award-winning authors at the time to sort of showcase that track record. Yes. Um, so we had this so wonderful gave idea. gave credibility. Exactly. It gave, it, yeah. gave us credibility. And shortly after that, um, one of our other first authors that we published, Solari Gentle, um, oh, I've interviewed her. Yes, she's fabulous. She's just, what a personality. Yes. yes. So she writes the Roland Sinclair mystery series. Yes. And her first book in that series, A Few Right Thinking Men, we brought out, um, I think, a month before or a month after that, the best-selling book, uh, Betrayal. And it was soon shortlisted for the Commonwealth Writers' Prize uh, for best new fiction in the Asia-Pacific region, uh, which, again, was a you know, a big deal, um, and her series is now award-winning. Uh, the next year, the um, the second book in the series won the David Award for Best Crime Fiction uh, in Australia, and she's received honourable um, commendations and uh, has been a runner-up as well um, for numerous other awards for the other books in her series as well. Great. Mm. Wonderful. So uh, then uh, obviously you need, needed more people on board yes. because you were starting to be successful. So yes. what happened next? Uh, we expanded but slowly in the beginning. So we And we still have a small team. There's 11 of us now, right. uh, which is obviously huge compared to you know <laughs> what we started with yes um, so we moved swiftly from the kitchen table into an actual office space which was which a here. delight it was not here actually it was oh. a it was a different space literally just up the road but very very tiny probably half the size of this room but it was all we needed at the time uh, so at yes. that point it was myself John Marty had joined us but was working remotely uh, from overseas well, um, tell us about Marty because we're going to talk to him in a moment. Excellent. Well, we have Marty here with us. So Martin Green is my brother. Um, he, at that point in time when we started, was our submissions editor and was commissioning all of our works and curating everything that was coming through to us. And apart um, from being your brother, mm, what qualifications does he have? Ooh, very important question. Um, he's much more qualified than I am, in fact. So he has a background in uh, philosophy and literature Oh, I love him already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he's a talented creative himself. So he is not, uh, oh. he, he has written some pieces, but also he's a musician. Um, so very much within the creative world, Fabulous. but also has a master's of business under his belt. So he's way more All qualified right. than I could be. All right. Um, we'll bring him on in a moment. Excellent. I just want to ask you a couple more mm. questions. So you started to, um, so Marty was your your person that you sent everybody all the submissions to well it was all hands on deck at that point so we were all reading but he was sort of the main curator Um, we also had another person join our team who was doing sort of you know helping us with all of our digital marketing and um, social media uh, Mm. and all of that kind of strategy at that point in time we had a freelance publicist that was helping us with a lot of uh, you know with all of our author events and um, you know media releases and that kind of thing Uh, But it got to the point where we had so many authors with so many events uh, and, you know, they were receiving so much critical acclaim and attention that we really needed to bring it all in-house. So we expanded the team quite a bit. So you changed the business structure then? We did. We changed the business structure quite a bit. And um, soon after that, we ended up moving here. So now we have an in-house rights manager who is responsible for selling our authors into all of the international markets as well as the film rights. Um, And we've just optioned one of our books just very recently to an award-winning BAFTA um, director in Australia who's partnered up with some um, very, very, very well-known Australian actors to put that together, which is The Crossing by B. Michael Radburn. So that's hugely exciting. But so that's wonderful. That's what she does. Um, We have Susan, who is our head of publicity and marketing. um, And then we also have Maddie, who sort of is part of the marketing team and and publicity team. So together under um, Marty's instruction, they run the show on all of our marketing, publicity, events, brand building, um, author training, media My training. last question for you is what's your role now? You've got all these wonderful people on board. Oh, gosh, I fetch coffee for people. Like, <laughs> You're the you know, gopher. Relax. <laughs> no, I think, you know, it's still um, very much I'm overseeing everything but also – I'm in all areas of the business at all times. Oh, I do have one last question for you. You recently won an amazing award. (laughs) Do tell us about that. Yes, it was very exciting. Um, I won, uh, I was named one of the 100 Women of Influence for 2016, which was the Westpac uh, and AFR Business Award. So that was incredible. Yeah. That is so exciting. It was. And so that was to do, obviously, with the business, but also the philanthropic part of Pantera Press um, and all the sort of, you know, types of things we're trying to do in the social enterprise space. Because it's such a, well, we're in a world where social responsibility, Mm. corporate social responsibility is so important. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right. I would like you to introduce this um, relative of yours that's sitting next to us and tell us a little bit uh, about his background. It is with great delight that I can introduce you to my brother, Martin Green, who many say is the better looking and funnier sibling in the family, much to my dismay. Um, others also think of him often that he might be my husband, uh, which is slightly better than when they think my father is my husband. <laughs> but it's either an way, exactly, slight improvement. Uh, but no, this is my brother who is also much more qualified than I. And he, uh, as I mentioned before, used to head up our submissions, but for a long time now has been our head of uh, director of marketing and sales, um, but has also recently launched our new imprint, Lost the Plot. Yes, I want to hear all about that. Welcome, Marty. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having so, me. So, um, 
uh, Marty, tell us a little bit about your background. There's some, I'm, I'm intrigued about philosophy. <laughs> I love that. Well, philosophy was at first a way to while away the time on deciding what to do with the rest of my life. But it was something that True I... True confessions of a <laughs> philosophy student. <laughs> but it was something I took to quite well and I really enjoyed it and carried it through the rest of my studies. And um, and so what sort of work were you doing? Um, I assume you did some sort of work after the philosophy course. <laughs> uh, yeah, so during the philosophy course I did uh, small jobs like delivering pizza. Oh, fabulous. Which... Uh, obviously has qualified me greatly for this uh, publishing environment. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Actually, you know, it's really interesting because I always think of Craig Cormick said to me, are you familiar with Craig Cormick? Ooh. Great author, great author, yeah. Canberra. And um, he said to me, why would I be a full-time writer? Because he works as a scientist. Mm. He said, you can't be a full-time writer when you can't draw on everyday life. He said, I will never be a full-time writer. He said, I love my science work and that's where all my ideas come from and philosophy's all about ideas. Indeed. So delivering pizza would have been a really good place to think about those ideas. Plenty of time to reflect, <laughs> exactly. So tell me about your decision to come in with the family business. Well, it sort of all came together at once. We needed more hands on deck to expand the business and at the same time I had begun studying marketing so it was sort of an ideal fit between the uh, literature background and then moving into business to come into this and apply those skills. They're the two uh, I think actually they're the three things that writers would need the philosophy the ability to think deeply and critically the literature because you need to have an appreciation and then marketing, which is what a lot of them are missing. <laughs> so that's a wonderful skill set that you're bringing to the business. What about your uh, misgivings or, or, or uh, was there any foreboding about, <laughs> about working with your relatives, your sister? Siblings fight. I have three of them. <laughs> well, I have been well practised in doing what I'm told by my sister for many years oh, here now. Here we go. So it's actually quite an ideal fit. Are you a younger yes, sibling? Yes, I am younger. Oh, right, yes. I have a daughter and then a son. <laughs> I, I totally, totally relate to that. So when did you come into the business and um, what did you start doing? I came on full-time at the end of 2012. So I'd been reading right. submissions part-time for yes. a couple of years and then moved into that capacity full-time and started taking on more responsibilities Right. around sort of marketing and the product itself. Okay. So as a submissions um, editor, I think um, you could give a little, uh, a few tips to our emerging writers who might be listening. What is it that will turn you off instantly <laughs> with a submission? Death threats. Oh. That's it. What? Yes. Do you tell... Really? You've had death threats? <laughs> Plenty. Yes. You're joking. <laughs> Recently we had you to are joking. No, not at all. Recently we had to close our office down for a week uh, just before Christmas uh, because we had um, yes, an interesting character who uh, didn't appreciate our feedback and had decided that we had four days to publish to decide to publish his work or else 
uh, you know. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Did you have to bring the police in on that? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Was that a mental health issue? Or, oh, it sounds like it. You would think so, but there was no history of mental <gasps> health. Um, oh, my and, goodness. And, you know, it was quite interesting because he genuinely thought that threatening to, uh, you know, threatening our staff and threatening bomb threats and to burn down our building, <gasps> um, that I'm not sure what he was waiting for at the end of Listen, the four there's days. there's a book in yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a book right. in this. But at the end of the four days... Would we say, oh, we've changed our minds. You sound like a delight. Come in for tea and we'll chat and get to know you. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, Marty, apart from death threats. Well, that is the number one concern for me personally as well. But uh, funny fonts. Funny fonts. Yeah. All oh, right. They want to stand out. Yeah, they're pretty hard to read. And yes, That yes. would be the... I think the Would you have one, psychedelic colours and pink pink paper? And... Oh, it sounds delightful. <laughs> Coloured paper is also quite difficult. A big thing is that you just want your work to be as easy to read as possible. So to try to make it look like a book, so it reads like a book yes. and it flows like a book and it can be yes. pictured as a book. Wonderful. That's very practical advice, I think. Yeah. Um, what about when you give feedback <laughs> to because I have personal experience of this too, um, you give feedback and you try to be as, as kind as possible but practical and valuable as possible, the feedback. Do you have a lot of people who just can't take that criticism? No, not generally. Uh, when we've given feedback to authors, uh, they have always been very appreciative and oh, that's taken really that on board, good. which is yeah, good. Yeah. It's we've There have been authors that take rejection not as well, but... Yes. Never feedback. Yes, okay. Um, but when you reject, you do give a bit of feedback, do you? Or you can't afford to because there's too many? Or We used to when we started out. We gave mm. feedback on every single submission. Uh, but what, what we found, obviously, is that slows down the process incredibly. And mm. so we actually spoke to many, 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 many authors and kind of did a survey. And this is probably in 2011 or 12 where we said, what is it that you actually want? Do you want mm. a speedier turnaround time? Um, or do you want feedback? And we had thought that they would all say we want feedback and we were expecting that. And almost every single person came back and said we would rather a yes or a no, like A, just getting a yes or a no because a lot yes. of people don't get back to us, but yes. B, getting that in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point in time, we actually had a like incredible turnaround. We had um, hired two new editors to join our team and our response time to authors was about three weeks. Uh, where we could say yes or no, but were unable to give feedback unless they progressed to the next stage, in which case we would at that point then give feedback. Yeah, yeah. So um, so tell me about your – how many um, – uh, I assume when you get the, the manuscript, it's already been vetted by other people. <laughs> so you're not going to get all of the ones that, that come Eventually in. it was at first. At first, no. I <laughs> was the first port of call for a while. All right. So there was some interesting uh, gems in there. I can imagine. Um, do you keep a record of some of the gems? Yes. <laughs> oh, good, because that would make a good book in itself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just thought I, I don't think – here's an idea for you. I don't think a publisher has ever done that. You know, here are some excerpts from people who thought they could write. <laughs> I don't know if there's a legal – issue there but anyway it's interesting so what was it that really um in your mind are there a few manuscripts that really stood out and you thought wow there yes there have been uh well the first one that we got 
was one that we ended up publishing, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. The uh, first submission. The wow. second, I believe. Second. Yeah. Submission that we ever yeah. received, yeah, was a book called Killing Richard Dawson by Robin Baker. I saw that. What an interesting title. It's fantastic. <laughs> it is such is a it, weird and wonderful book. Give, give me a, the pricey of, of that book. It is a coming-of-age tale of a sociopath. Fight wow. Club meets Catcher in the Rye. Oh, I have to read that. That sounds fantastic. I'll send you home with a copy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, please. Do they now? You're a literature and philosophy student, and you're backgrounded in terms of uh, prepared to write. Do these things give you um, impetus to write yourself? Does it? You know, is it? Does it inspire you to write? I lack discipline oh. <laughs> for this task. It's too much to sit yes. down every day, and right. I don't know how people write books. It's very impressive to me. Oh right, because they have to. It's that. Uh, you know, in at my age, and I'm a little bit older than you, not a lot, no. a little. <laughs> at my age, uh, we were all, um, it was teaching was a calling, nursing was a calling. I believe writing is a calling mm. too. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, I want to write a book. And as Stephen King says, well, you would have written it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So um, I can understand what you're saying there. Um, what are your, uh, what's the joy in your work? What, what do you love the most about what you do here? Getting the stories out there to yeah. everyone. So trying so to get as head many of eyes on them. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing. Marketing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how do you do that? How do I do it? Yes. Get the... That's like how long is a piece yeah. of string? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that out there. We try a few ideas. everything. <laughs> we try everything. Absolutely everything we can. Anything we can think of. You don't threaten anyone though with bombs or anything. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> it didn't work. So we tossed that out. Okay. And so um, do you get to travel a lot with your um, yes, your position? That I must do. Be, that must be a bonus. It is. It? It's wonderful. I got to go to Margaret River last oh. year for the Margaret River Writers Festival. It was delightful. Yes. Those smaller writers' festivals, I find, are just wonderful, aren't they? Oh, they're fabulous. And yeah. I think, you know, you just get such incredible audiences at them that are so engaged and often have come so far uh, to see these authors, uh, which, and, That's you know, right. it gives you an extra intimacy where you often can actually interact and meet the author where yes. you don't have that sort of, you know, yes. um, that luxury at bigger festivals. Yeah. And so you will have met a lot of authors, well, apart from your own authors, you would have met a lot of authors. Are there any that really stand out for you as, as being, uh, uh, you know, incredible people? I've put you on the spot again, haven't I? Yes. Think, think about <laughs> that for a little while. So, so when you go, I know that Alice and I've met at two or three festivals, I think in Barrel and Bellingen, mm. all the ones starting with B. <laughs> I only um, go to festivals starting, starting with B. With yeah. B. <laughs> so do you take authors as well? Or is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so that's something that I think is great, taking two or three authors each time. Yeah, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although last time in Margaret River, it was just Martin and our author, Solari Gentle, and they went on a road trip from Perth to Margaret River and had a fantastic weekend at the festival. We listened to the audiobook of The Crossing by B. Michael Radburn, one of our other titles on the way down. (laughs) Fantastic. So tell me about audiobooks and e-books and and print books. Um, Are you producing all three for for each book that you – I think it's important, Mm. isn't it? Yes, that's incredibly important. I think, you know, for a long time people were 
um, concerned about new sort of technological developments and how it might affect the book industry. Um, But what we've always said from day one is actually that a book is a device. It is a mechanism to read a story. And if someone chooses to engage with that story on a different device, that should be up to them. It doesn't bother us at all. So if they want to read it as an e-book on their Kindle or their iPad, great. If they want to listen to it in the car or at home while they're, you know, Mm. hanging out, cleaning. So do you put all your authors on on Amazon and, you know, uh, all of the platforms, Smashwords, etc.? Yes, Yes. we uh, distribute to over 4,000 stores and libraries worldwide. Mm -hmm. Who's your distributor? Do you have a distributor? Uh, Yeah, we use a company called Versa. Versa. At the moment, yeah. Right. Are they a Melbourne company? They are, and I want to say Irish. I know they have an office oh. in Dublin, but I'm not oh. 100% sure they're actually an Irish company. Okay. And they, they distribute worldwide for your yes. clients? That's fantastic. Um, because distribution is a big headache, especially for our self-publishing mm. authors. You know, the distribution is a... You can't run around and just no, it's <laughs> go very to stores. Difficult. I used to have a bookshop, and you know, when you come around with your little book, it's 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 a bit pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's just difficult. It's and I think, desperate. Yeah. Well, it's not even desperate, but the thing is, you know, as you would well know in bookshops, mm. visibility mm. is key. And yes. so, you know, you can have the best book in the world, but if it's if there's only one copy in the store and it's hidden up the back, unless yeah. the bookseller knows about it and loves it, yes. um, the chance of someone finding it. It's yeah. quite slim. So you must have a good relationship with booksellers, do you? Uh, yeah, that's right. I like to go around to the stores and, yeah. yeah. There are a few dynamic stores in Sydney. Mm. Uh, which which stores have you been to recently? Uh, well, Abby's Bookshop is uh, one wonderful store that supports us and we one like to support them too. Unbelievable place to browse. Isn't Absolutely. It? <laughs> we just excitingly got exciting news from them yesterday, in fact. Oh, did you? Um, what, what's happening? One of our latest books, which is John, our father's book, The Tower Deception, yes. which came out in November, um, has been their number three selling book across right. all of Christmas. Um, so this is Dad's book. What's Dad's it about? It is it. So it's he's written his previous book, The Trusted, featured a main character, Tori yes. Swift, who is a um, PhD, very yes. smart, but almost has fallen into this sort of CIA. Uh, sorry, she's ex CIA as well, but she's ah. almost fallen into this weird um, CIA. So it's American. It's not. Can uh, we do she's, ASIO? She, well, she's Australian. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, but right, right. she, her, her birth mother, um, right. I think, is American. So yeah, she yeah. was living there for a while. But it's, you know, she's very yes. much an Australian character. Um, and there are yeah. lots of parts of both books set in Australia. Um, Great. And so she's basically sort of like your modern day female James Bond. Very smart. Sounds wonderful. Works for an organisation that's sort of like an investment bank meets a, um, you know, ASIO type organisation. How good is that? So he's stepped back from the business and he's become a full-time writer. He's, I would say he's like a 75% of the time writer. Oh, right. So he has to, he has to relax a little too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I think is fine. Yeah. Deserved, well deserved. So he's he's left it in your capable hands. Are there any other siblings to come in? No? No, not that we know of. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So moving on. Um, what, uh, what do you see? I'll ask each of you this question. Mm. What do you see as the future of Pantera Press? You know that five years' time, where will we be, question? Mm. Where, where can you see Pantera Press being? In five years' time, Pantera Press will still be the home of the next generation of Australian authors. Uh, right. We should have 
many more authors, hopefully dozens of bestsellers. And uh, we, we have a foundation, the Pantera Press Foundation, that focuses on closing the literacy gap through education. So hopefully we'll have made a large impact yes. five years from now. That's fantastic, isn't it? And do, is that part of your role to, to the philanthropic side of things? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, so marketing for philanthropy. Mm. <laughs> and what about you? Where would you like to see Pantera Press in five years' time? Well, I think like Marty said, um, it does come down to impact. I think we want to be making a significant impact in Australian writing culture. Um, And, you know, there are, as I'm sure you're well aware, lots of, um, you know, lobbying and discussions that have been ongoing for some years now around um, the Productivity Commission um, Mm -hmm. and their uh, draft proposal and proposal to change copyright um, periods and... um, you know, ruling How or legislation around parallel legislation change uh, if it comes in. We're not supportive. Um, but I think, you know, one exciting thing for us is that um, we have been thinking for some time what happens if it does come through because what yes. we're really trying to do is bring new Australian authors who we think have best-selling mm. Potential. potential and wonderful writing talent to an international audience as well as an Australian audience. So what it really made us do was think, how can we still do that if the environment does change? And that led us to the birth of our new imprint, Lost the Plot, um, which Marty right. has just launched. Tell me about Lost the Plot, Marty. So Lost the Plot is a range of beautifully designed, quirky, edgy, funny print books for a millennial audience. Yes, and it's it's uh, from what I've read about it, your philosophy must have come in here <laughs> somewhere. Explain what the the um, template is for this, as you as you see it. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I understand the question. What do you mean by it? Oh, right, right. That's my fault. Uh, what I mean is, I think you've got two experts who are who are uh, discussing a certain. Topic is that what it is? Is that no, what it's about? So that or did looks, I misread that? So that's our why versus why series. Ah, right. Um, which that's is the wrong a, series. No, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's why. Yeah. That's a okay. series that we love, um, and so yes. we've done several. I that several fabulous. Yeah. It's, it, it's really interesting. So that is where we have two et- experts that sort of fight ah, head right. to head on yeah. a hot topic. So we've done one on gay marriage, one yeah. on nuclear power, and one on population uh, called Big Australia. And the idea yes. is that two experts. Um, write sort of their seven key arguments for why we should or should not mm. have this and then they we swap their arguments over mm. and they each write a rebuttal to the other person's arguments so that in each book you have a sort of a bite-sized, very digestible, easy to understand, comprehensive picture of the entire yes. debate so that, you know, you can um, better understand why you think a certain thing or, you know, a lot of people were giving them to like relatives at Christmas that they were saying, my opinion's better than yours. Here, see why. Right. That's fantastic. Mm. So this is a completely different yes. Yes. thing. So, so Lost the Plot is uh, much less cerebral than right, that. It's right. more fun, zippy, entertaining yeah. books that look really cool. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So it's been so short. Are they short books? No, so we're not prescriptive about it. And I think Mm. if we tell you sort of the six titles that we're launching with, it might give you a better feel for what the series is about. But um, we have been sort of describing it, I guess, as 
uh, books by millennials for millennials. So taking that sort of, you know, well, I guess evolving the philosophy that has always underpinned Pantera Press, the idea behind this list is that we will continue to invest in the next generation of readers or the new generation of readers. Um, But this new sort of imprint, the idea is that the books have great international appeal um, they're for a very specific market. And the idea is that, um, you know, that this list will help us continue to support new Australian authors so that if these legislation changes happen, as we were discussing before, um, we can continue to invest in new authors and continue to take the risk, even if the landscape in publishing so changes completely. So a contingency completely. thing, uh, you know, that... Yeah. that uh, I mean, I think clever business people do think mm. that way. What if <laughs> this exactly. is what we're going to do? Yes. And That's if the so changes wonderful. don't happen, we still have a wonderful list that we're incredibly excited about. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Mm. So they can find your, your books in good bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, on your website, they mm-hmm. can find out where they are. Are they in Audible? Yes. And downloadable from Amazon and your favourite ebook reader exactly exactly <laughs> and um onwards and upwards yes. are there any questions that i haven't asked you that you would like to answer well do you want to share what the books we're launching with in lost the plot are? yeah we've talked about a couple of lost the plot titles uh yes. one is the quitting smoking coloring book <laughs> everybody Fantastic. still loves coloring books right yes yes absolutely <laughs> but with with a purpose so it's right. funny it's mean to you and it gives you something to do Yes. while you while away the time that you right. now have so much free time. So you've got a really uh, talented co- uh, cartoonist. Who's, yeah, who's she, illustrator. She was fantastic. Um, she's great. an up-and-coming designer. Um, and her. it's funny because the illustrations are disgusting but beautiful at the same time. Yes. I'm sure you can imagine. Purposeful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's probably a much better uh, way of quitting smoking than those horrible ads on the television. Mm. So, <laughs> the big stick type. Yeah. And another title? Uh, Space is Cool as Fuck, if you <laughs> forgive my language. Right, okay. Is a Do you have table. to have ex- uh, sort of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> little characters in the, in the UC space? It depends. Uh, <laughs> On the retailer. On the retailer, Right, yes. right, okay. But in many circumstances, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, it's a coffee table book with uh, over 100 beautiful illustrations by 45 up-and-coming illustrators and artists. Uh, and they're international um, illustrators. Yeah. And oh, that's it's, wonderful. It's a brief overview of uh, many different different space topics like right. what is a black hole, what's antimatter, fantastic, what are yeah, we made really of, good. that kind of thing. And we we're also uh, blessed to have an interview with Bill Nye, the science guy, a nineties wow. television personality who is uh, the CEO of the Planetary Society. So we quizzed him on all things space and the planet Earth. Oh, what a, what a joy your, your jobs must be. <laughs> I can it see that. Great. It's, great it's just wonderful to, to be able to work in this space with such talented writers. And uh, I hope to interview you again soon We'd because there's so much happening in your business that I think we need to come back again. <laughs> so thank you very much to both of you and all the best. I hope you rise to the top. Thank you so thank much you for having us. Much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au and if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe. Subscribe.